Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. And this is Notorious by Chance, where we come and talk about anything and everything Corona has or has not canceled. Mostly things they haven't canceled. Which is why <laughs> this episode, I mean, we're just starting. I'm pretty sure to be very brief because we don't have a whole lot to speak about, but the, the, the review for this week was a big one. One of the biggest reviews we've ever done. And that is the look at <laughs> 2019's seminal, seminal film, Cats. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> we, said, we said we were going to talk about a big movie to come out last year. What do you think we're talking about? Endgame? <laughs> Please. It's all about Cats. Come on. Didn't win a Razzie, man. Come on. Yeah, I mean, did Endgame win anything? No. Did Cats win anything? <laughs> yes. It's a, that's, we live in a world where I can uh. say that sentence. <laughs> uh, but anyways... Uh, we got some other stuff to talk about first, of which is well, no, no trailers. So we got to talk about some, you know, some movie news. Well, very little we have to talk about. Okay, well, first of, all, first of all, we got to give applause to Disney. First of which, because Disney Plus has reached 50 million subscribers, which is crazy, just considering this is a service that is literally like five, six months old. Dropped last November. Yeah, it, yeah, it's relatively. It is new. Yeah. Now I, I don't I don't know what the actual like subscriber base for like someone like some like a Netflix has. I wonder if you can find like Netflix subscriber count, or like Hulu or something that's been out a little bit established for a little bit. Let's see. Let's, let's see if I can find uh, Netflix subscribers. Looks looks like they're in the. Oh yeah, that they are catching up really well. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. right now right now they're at 169 at right million. Now, yeah, 169 million. So they're already at like a quarter of Netflix subscribers, in like one tenth of the time not even a tenth like one like one like one twentieth of the time it took them to build it yeah so yeah good for them man yeah good for them and hey in, in, in a world now where we can't go outdoors and we can't do anything the streaming services are fucking murdering right now and it said hulu hits like 30 and a half million 30 that was as of 30 and a half as of february 2020 Hulu. Where, where, where are you getting that from? Because I don't believe that. I think it's a, it's called Sta, Statista. As of December 28, 2019, Hulu reported having 30.4 million paid subscribers, up from 25 million really? in late 2018, and more than double the number recorded in May of 2016. Because that's surprising. I don't know. That's surprising to me. If Hulu's subscription count is that low, that's shocking. Because Hulu's been around... Yeah. About as long, if not longer, than Netflix. And it's cheaper. I think it's only like five ninety nine or something like that. It's but really it also, cheap. It also has ads, though. That 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 version of Hulu has ads. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What are you gonna do? Regardless, Disney is catching up now. I I I think we both agree. It's only a matter of time before. I, I give them what two years before they overtake Netflix as the as the prime streaming service. It just, yeah, I mean, it just depends on what Netflix does to counter it. I mean, I don't think you really, there's really not much you can do. Well, I mean, because like all you, their, yeah. you know, like. I mean, you look at like yeah. Netflix, it's, there's like polar opposite because you have Netflix, which is yeah. full of like hundred millions of hours of content, most of which you yeah. don't give a shit about. And yeah. you look at Disney, which has just as much, well, not just as much, has less content, but it's still a lot, but that has everything on Disney Plus you want to watch. Like, it's like, it's the opposite problem. Like, you're, well, like you're, whereas Netflix, yeah. like you're, you're seeping through stuff. Disney, like, oh, I want to watch that. I want to watch that. I want to watch that. Ooh, but I want to watch that. 
but Disney does a good job playing the nostalgic factor too, though. Like somebody like you and I, like I'll go back and watch, like I said, like Disney's Doug, or I'll watch Gummy Bears, or like things that I watched when I was younger. Right. And um, you know, but but now I think it's even more for like our you know our generation, and on top of it, it's just for the kids too, like just to keep those you know keep the kids uh, active and watching things. You know, oh yeah, Disney you can you can you channel. can share with uh, your kids cartoons you watched when you were a kid, which is nice. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, this, that, I mean, that's basically what's going to happen when you have all the rights to the most popular IPs. So, yeah, yeah. But hey, congrats uh, Disney Plus. Can't wait to see you overtake Netflix as the number one streaming service on the planet. And not to mention, how how bad is Netflix going to hurt when HBO Max launches? Because that's going to be a huge deal. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's going to that's going that's going to be big for them. But and we'll we'll see. I I, I have a feeling this is going to end up with Netflix lowering that price. I think just to keep it, they they would have to just to keep competition because you figure almost less than half. I think it's on what half Netflix is almost half of, you know, half of what you pay like Disney. Disney's like half of Netflix. You know, so I don't know, because what Netflix is like what thirteen, fourteen bucks. Uh, I think like sixteen. Okay, and what Disney? We said what seven ninety nine. Yeah, uh, but I I paid up front, so. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty oh, sad. Yeah, so. yeah, you did. Yeah, you're you're good for a while. Yeah, I'm good for a while. Yeah, somebody who procrastinated but still got it. But you know, um, I think it's like seven ninety nine a month, which isn't too too bad. But but the thing is, when you start stacking these, you know, um, you start stacking all these is where you start adding up. You know, what I mean, you have a Hulu here, a Netflix there, a Disney there. You know, what I mean, then all of a sudden it starts to really buff out. Yeah, so and then I got I have WWE Network too. Oh, so you so you're the guy. Which, by the way, we should mention <laughs> we we should mention that uh, WWE was just deemed an essential business in like Florida of all places. I saw that of all yeah, places. It has to be Florida. I mean, I get. I mean, I get it for the entertainment value of it, but it's like if you've watched it now, like without. You know, I just watched a little bit of the WrestleMania that was like last week or whatever, and I watched some of the the matches, and it's just it's so different not having that crowd interaction. That's what makes the wrestling so, you know, palpable and so fun is to see the different reactions of the fans and to not see that when you when you're watching it, it's literally two people in a ring with a, a referee. It's like what the hell? It's like it it, it is so different. It, it looks so weird watching it like that. Yeah, I get you. So. And we'll see. And again, stay indoors. Let's let's end this quick, please. <laughs> Seriously, stay indoors, man. Watch. There's so much, like even a catalog of WWE stuff. It has stuff from the past. You know, Netflix, tons of tons of new shows to watch. Hulu, tons of shows. Disney, tons of shows. There's hours and hours of entertainment there. You don't have to go out. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, also also in the news right now, uh, we got our first look at Denis Villeneuve's Dune. Did you see these? Did you see these, Russell? I did see uh, a couple of pictures of him. Yes. Yeah, Vanity Fair. With, did uh, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, Vanity Fair did a whole spread showing us guys like Timothy, Timothy Chalamet is playing Paul Atreides. We saw some. Uh, we saw Oscar Isaac playing Leo Atreides. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson playing Lady Jessica. Zendaya. Jason Momoa playing Duncan Idaho. We saw Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem. Van- if you want to see the whole spread, go look at uh, Vanity Fair. They have they have all the pictures right there. But you know, someone who's not. Super, super familiar with the whole Dune concept or the book, the lore, or anything. What did you think of these pictures? 
I mean, it, it gets you excited for sure, especially when everybody literally Facebook, that's all Facebook talked about today was a dune, 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 dune. Um, it gets you excited. I mean, you know, especially when you have a star studded cast like that, you have a great director in Villeneuve, like it gets you excited, you know? So I'm definitely looking forward to it. I definitely want to visit, uh, David, David Lynch. what David Lynch did Dune. Lynch did Dune. So I kind of want to see that and see, just see that before I obviously see the, uh, the remake. What, what but, movie- uh, yeah, it gets you excited though. You know, it's funny. One movie I always wanted to see that like they never got made was Alejandro Hodorowski's Dune. Cause like it sounded like a cra- it sounded like a crazy crazy production like Mick Jagger was gonna be in it, Salvador Dali okay. was gonna be in it like it's really really like if you want to hear like a really interesting story behind the movie go look up Alejandro Hodorowski's Dune, and I think there's a documentary about it as well but yeah I think all the cool. Dune images look really I think they look really really freaking cool. Uh, uh, we also we have yet another release date shift because of course. <laughs> Uh, uh, but you know this one for the better because Soul finally decided to call it quits. <laughs> they have moved off their June release date and and slotted themselves in November of this year. That's smart. It's smart. And they, they took over the spot that was previously held by Raya: The Last Dragon, which was pushed to March of next year. Which sucks because I was looking forward to that one because what I saw D twenty three was actually pretty impressive. Uh, but okay. yeah, so uh, like I said, Soul is moving to Soul moved to November, which is a smart move. But so November has now become like a big blockbuster month because in the, in that month now we have Soul, Black Widow, Godzilla vs Kong, and Bond twenty five: The Search for Curly's Gold. <laughs> so uh, Russell, if he, these four movies are going head to head, who do you think comes out on top? Uh, oof. let's see. I don't think um, I don't think Kong and Godzilla have a chance. Um, I don't think so. Bond's gonna do Bond's gonna do like sixty seventy opening easy. But you're saying which one's gonna have the bigger gross total out of these ones? Sure. Uh, okay. So I don't think Godzilla. I don't think Bond. Uh, I don't think Black Widow. I'd say Soul. Just really? It's Pixar. Not Black Widow. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think Black Widow opens good. I think it opens big. I don't see it. Again, you have a month where you just said it's all that competition. You're not going to have a lot of legs to stand and, and, and grow. Do you know what I mean? There. Because everybody's going to be bouncing back and forth between theaters, seeing this, seeing Kong, seeing Soul, seeing, you know what I mean? So I, I don't see the longevity of Black Widow. I think it has a big opening. I think it drops significantly because of the fact that you have all these films coming out in November. So... I would say Soul. I would go with Pixar, bet on the safe horse. Um, I would say like maybe Black Widow second. I can see maybe Bond third, and I would say probably Kong Godzilla last. Yeah, okay. Grossing I, I, think, wise. I, I think you and I agree with Kong Godzilla being last, but honestly, I think I honestly think Bond, Bond twenty five might do better than Soul, just because it plays I to mean, it plays uh, granted it plays to an older audience, which I I know it must sound like it goes against it, but Bond is such like a strong IP. And people love that it is. Craig incarnation so much that I honestly it is, do but again, think yeah. that I no, do it is, but, do but, well. but the thing is, like the the sixty million, it opens like because I've looked at the charts of like where uh, Daniel Craig's Bonds have like performed. So you're looking at like sixty between sixty and seventy million. How much? Is, again, how much does Skyfall open at? Since you since you had since you did the research, how much does Skyfall open at? Let me look real fast because I, I was pretty sure his his movies were in his sixties and seventies as I thought. 
Let me look Skyfall real fast here. Let me look. Da -da 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 -doom -doom. All right, so opening Skyfall, you are looking at... Oh, okay, well, well Skyfall did bank 88. I about to say, okay, that's so, the only, only Bond film to make a billion dollars. I'm pretty sure that movie did bank opening weekend. Uh, yeah, so let me see. Like movies like Quantum of Solace, like Quantum of Solace was not that good. I think Quantum of Solace made sixty-seven opening weekend. Okay, which um, how does that in comparison to Casino Royale? Because I, I, I bet that did well. Uh, okay, and then you have Spectre. Spectre made I think like 65? opening weekend sixty-five, something like that. So, let me see, because I said it was mostly in the sixties. That's why I kind of like I just said that because seemed like most of them were in the sixties. Uh, I gotta find the damn thing. Why won't it let me see? Because it didn't make so much. It was like, you know what? We're going to hide it. We're going <laughs> to. It's okay. Don't worry about this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Opening weekend, 70. Seven, 70, um, it really? Made it, it made 70 opening weekend. Yeah. So like I said, like, I'm just going from what I see with, like, the bond. You know what I mean? The trend. I, like, I would say, like, 60s, 70s would be, like, so, like, and then opening weekend, opening weekend for uh, Casino Royale was 40. Of course, this was that all unknown. No, and so, yeah, and that was I mean? that was the first new Bond film since yeah. the last Brazen one, which was Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, so, uh, not, uh, world, his last one was World um, is Not Enough. Uh, world, no, I'm trying to think. World is Not Enough. No, that was the die, second die one. Another, die another day. World is Not Enough. Die another day. I think it was Die Another Day. Yeah, Die Another Day. His, his those titles, Tomorrow Never the, Dies the was the second all, one. Yeah, the they're all for all of his movies are just so they all blend. Except for Goldeneye, they're all the same thing. Yeah, it's like it's like one form of another. It was Tomorrow Never Dies was the second one. Yeah, and then it was The World Is Not Enough, and then Die Another Day because he only did four, I believe. Yeah, he, that, those are only four. Yeah, yeah, but um, so like I'm saying, like I would say between, uh, maybe this one I would say maybe between seventy and eighty. I think this one does, but again, we're we're, we're talking about a month that's so loaded with competition. How fast does that drop, though? You know. Yeah, but see, I'm going to go opposite of you. I think Black Widow is going to do the best out of those four movies just because the Marvel brand is so okay. strong. People love that character. People have been wanting a movie for that character. That I think I think they're going to show up. I honestly think it has a good shot of making a billion dollars. Okay. Well, I mean, it's Marvel, so it wouldn't surprise me. But right. I guess I'm, I'm just thinking of, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm going conservative on it just because of the fact that, like, I know what Pixar can do. And if you have a you know, um, you know, a, a kid movie kind of opening on a holiday weekend, it's going to make good money. Because I think, what, didn't Coco open kind of around that, that type of opening, uh, uh, Yeah, it did well. Coco, opening, I think. Coco did well. Coco did very well. So I, so I look at it like that. So I look at it from that perspective. I think we are in agreement, though. I think Kong and, and uh, Godzilla is the, is the weakest of these, unfortunately, and, which I'm and, still looking forward to. And, and that's mostly because Kong, Godzilla, King of the Monsters was just so meh. I it was think, underwhelming. Yeah. yeah, I think it just kind of turned people off to the franchise in general. I mean, it's exciting to have all those old, you know, monsters in there, but like when you don't really have that much going on with all the monsters, you know what I mean? It's just like, eh. It was just kind of underwhelming. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's that. There's also uh, I think it's really as far as news. There's some speculation on some more speculation on John Krasinski playing Mister Fantastic, which. Look, John, I hate to break it to you, but it doesn't matter if you want to play Mr. Fantastic or not. The internet has already decided you're playing Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> it's already <laughs> it's already been decided. It's, yeah, you got to embrace it. It doesn't now. matter if that's the direction they're going. That's the direction the internet has said that they're going, which 
to be honest, yeah. I I wouldn't mind because I love John Krasinski so much. But uh, something else been like caught a lot of news because, like I said, slow news day. Uh, James Gunn put out a tweet. We're we're, we're going to take James Gunn. Put, we're going to put him on trial real quick because he put out a a tweet about sequels only second movie only though that were better than the originals. So we're going to go through these movies and we're going to determine whether James Gunn is correct in these assessments. Is that is how bored we are? Is how bored we are, folks? We're literally talking about <laughs> tweets of famous directors. Uh, oh boy! So here we go. Uh, sequels, second movie only, better than the originals. Toy Story two. I, I already, I don't agree with him. No. No, I I would say the original is better. The original is better, and plus, it's, that's yeah. like the, that's like the weakest Toy Story at this point. For, yeah. Godfather two. No. Godfather two is damn good, but I Godfather still 2 is I great. still I still love me the first one though. I think it's a little I think it's a little bloated, a little un not unfocused, but I think that they're trying to do a little a little bit too much. But I love Godfather two, but it's not better than Godfather. Godfather two is great. No, and, and the the other thing is the wrong time. I think we're getting so much backstory of you know uh, Don Vito Corleone, and I think that's where a lot of that movie sometimes drags at points. Yeah. Whereas the first one, I mean, you're in a, I mean, it straps you in, and it's it's, it's quite a quite a ride from the beginning. Of yeah, that's so, yeah. That, I gotta that go first the first movie, one. That first movie did a way better job balancing both storylines than the, than the sequel did. Still, the sequel, sequel yeah. was amazing. Uh, oh no, they're still a fantastic film. Now here here's one I think we'll both agree on: Spider Man Two. Spider Man Two. Yeah, Spider Man Spider Man Two. I, I I would agree with him on that one. I think Spider Man Two absolutely outdoes the first Spider Man movie. Oh, it's it was huge. Like I just remember seeing it in the theaters. I just everything about it. It was it, not taking anything away from the first Spider-Man. It's fantastic too. But uh, yeah, definitely Spider-Man too. Uh, next one, uh, one I'm con- one I'm convinced doesn't count. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. This, I, I'm convinced this one does not count. Okay, what, what was it? Bad Bad Lieutenant, the one with uh, Nicholas Cage. Nick Cage, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm convinced that doesn't count. But did you ever see the Did you ever see the original Bad Lieutenant? I did not. I saw a little bit of I. The, uh, I saw a little bit of um, the port of Los Angeles or whatever the one with uh, or port whatever the hell New it is. New Orleans. New Orleans, whatever. Okay, yeah. now um, I, will, I will say as someone who is as someone who has seen both of these. First of all, I will say I will say this movie shouldn't count in, on this list because it's not really a sequel, nor does a remake. It's kind of just yeah. it kind of takes the Bad Lieutenant title, but I will say it is a better film than Bad Lieutenant, and I like Bad Lieutenant quite a bit. You see Harvey Keitel. Yeah. You see Harvey Keitel's dick in that movie. That, that, that's, yeah, I heard about that. That's what, that's, that's the selling one. Well, uh, that's I mean that's that's why I'm watching. I don't know <laughs> what anybody else is doing. Uh, evil uh, Evil Dead Two. Okay, I'd agree. Yeah, yeah, I think that that was the one that really kind of cemented the style of Evil Dead. But I also like Army of Darkness better than both. Yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, I would. I would go with you on that. Yeah, but either way, I think I think he's right on that one. Uh, other one I think is right, Shrek Two. I think Shrek Two is Shrek, the better. Shrek, Shrek Two films. is better. Yeah, Shrek Two is the better. But those are damn good films. Uh, those are really underrated films too. Um, yeah, I'd say well, first one's pretty damn good too. First but Shrek good, Two is really Shrek, Shrek Two is really good. That's the one that really took take the concepts and elevates it to the next. I think Shrek Two is better level. than Three. Oh, me well, because Three because Three is Three is okay. terrible. Yeah, Three is awful. Yeah, so, and four is not yeah, very good either. But yeah, Shrek Two is the best Shrek movie. Uh, yeah, I'll 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 go with that. One okay, here's one that is kind of becoming an unpopular opinion now: The Dark Knight. I I still okay. think I, look as much as I love Batman Begins, which I actually watched 
fairly recently. It actually holds up better than I remember. I still love The Dark Knight more than The Batman Begins. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so more iconic. You can't, I mean, if you're looking just for like a more of a, it's like, because Batman Begins is more of an origin of him, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's more Batman driven, obviously. This one's a little bit, obviously, you got Two Face, you got Joker, you have all that. More, like, more, mixed more villain, more villain driven, like every other Batman more, movie. <laughs> More, more villain driven, and it's more of that heist feeling uh, film. So yeah, I Dark Knight. You really, it's it's kind of hard to go against Dark Knight. Yeah. So we, okay. So he's he's got there. He's only he's only uh, he's only been wrong twice. Okay. Uh, Bride of Frankenstein. I, I I'd agree with him on this one. I've never seen it, so that's all. Really, you. I, I think I think you really love the. Have you seen the original Frankenstein, the Boris Karloff, forty one. Probably not. I, I don't really remember it. See, as I'm much guessing as, I didn't. As, as big of a horror guy as you are, I honestly think you really appreciate those classic monster movies. Bride of Frankenstein is definitely yeah. one of the top tier ones. And that's something like that's always been a hole in my uh, horror, uh, you know, lexicon. It's just all that, you know, the old, old stuff. Like, I think I'm good maybe from like 70s, 80s up. Like, I have pretty much covered, but it's like revisiting the stuff that act- actually got you there to the horror genre, you know what I mean? Yeah, those older Universal Monster movies are actually, they're all yeah. really great. Yeah. Well, mo- most of them are really great, but like the ones, when they hit, they fucking hit. Uh, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. I I agree on this one. I'll give I'll give you Hellboy 2, everyone. Yeah, Hellboy 2 is, I, I much I like Hellboy 1, Hellboy 2 just takes that to... A whole nother level. <laughs> it raised the stakes, but didn't bring in the money, so Guillermo yeah. didn't get to make Hellboy three, and thus we got whatever the hell the Harbor one was last year, which super uh, super underrated film though. Hellboy two man, very uh, underappreciated. Oh, oh film. one of the most underrated comic movies of all time. Well, yeah, it's a damn shame it didn't make because uh, I remember seeing that opening. I think I saw it opening night. It was crazy it didn't make good money because like the first one was so like it was one of those sleepers. Like it did decent and like it got people talking and like. I remember, you know, going opening night for the second one, and it was a damn good film. And I'm like, how the hell did this movie not make money? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Think well, about that. Well, think, the also thing about it, it came out the same summer as both Iron Man and The Dark Knights, so it did get like massively overshadowed. And Wally, I think. I yeah, Wally. Uh, but yeah, but but I'm but you know, in in that whole entire summer of like. You know, Wally aside, but you got the Dark Knight and you have Iron Man, you know, 08 and all that big, you know, hoopla with, you know, uh, comic book films. It's like you think people would gravitate more towards it. It was like the summer of comic books, you know? It's kind of sure. crazy. That's fair. Uh, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Yeah, I'll give him that one. I didn't see the, I, I didn't see the second one. I did see the first one. I did not see The Road Warrior. I saw the first one. The, fir- the second one's so much different. The second one was really the one that gave Mad Max signature style. Okay. Because you look at first the first one was so boring. Yeah, well, because I mean that's and that's what what's got me when people talk about Fury Road. Like, oh, he, he's barely in. Really doesn't barely does anything. Just like, well, I mean, did you watch the first one? He's in it even less and does even less. Yeah. Yeah, the first one I remember seeing, I think because of Fury Road, and like I wanted to just because I, n- I had never seen it before. Yeah, no, I watched think, and just kind of was under underwhelmed by it. You yeah, know? I, I think that like I think that now Road Warrior might kind of play like a slower version of Fury Road, but Road Warrior yeah. too, it's still massively influential. That's what's what made Mad Max Mad Max. So I was still I was still encourage you to check it out. Okay. Uh, uh, for a few dollars more, this is one I don't. I mean, I'll give it to him because I don't have super strong feelings about the first two in the Dollar Trilogy. That might also be because I haven't seen them in years. It's been a while since I watched the Dollar's movies. 
the one I've seen the most recently. Which was that good? The, good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, good, the bad. Uh, oh, for f- f- fistful of dollars, a few dollars more, and a few, and the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, I I think I've seen a little bit of good, bad, the ugly. I did not see any of the other two. So, which I'm trying to get into the a little bit more of the western genre. Try to right. wet my whistle on that. But yeah, ne- I haven't seen any of these two. I know they're beloved. I know they're a beloved trilogy, but yeah. Uh, uh, X two X Men United, which I would still go as far as oh, say absolutely is the best X Men movie. And yeah, I will, I will, I'll, I'll go with that with you. Now, absolutely. Yeah. As much as I like, I love First Class, love Dead Future Past. I don't count Logan in there, just because. Yeah, because Logan's kind of standalone. And X, it's it's kind of its own little. It's it's Logan's story. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I will. X two is fantastic, man. No, X two is so great. Uh, oh, I, see, and I, I love Toad. Toad was one of my favorites. He was so underrated, like an underrated character, Toad. Hey, Russell, you know what happens to a Toad when, yeah. when it gets struck by lightning? <laughs> this happens, indeed. <laughs> the same thing just, that I happens really to him, everything though. else. Uh, yeah, and, I just liked, I, I liked Toad a lot, man. I just to, thought he was really cool. To go out on that line, it's, too, my God. Uh, I think it's just because Ray Park uh, played him, and he was Darth Maul, and I thought like, he was just really cool. He was a cool character, just like... I don't know, but yeah, you have the whole Cyclops, like Cyclops story, uh, you know, Jean Grey turning the Phoenix, like that's just it's tremendous. It's just it's such a really good film, really good film. I concur. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. I mean, this is a no-brainer. It's, abs- it's absolutely better. That's absolutely better than Star Wars. And I love Star Wars. Then a but, New Hope. Yeah, well, you see, know, I'm, it, I'm it a Return funny. of the Jedi though, so yeah, I would I say ROTJ over Empire. But we're, we're only talking second but, movies though. We're only talking second movies. I know. I'll give you Empire over New Hope for sure. Which it is funny. I remember like one time when when I was in Orlando, when we were in Orlando for Schmodown, we were taking an Uber home or an Uber back to the yeah. hotel, and it was me, Mark Ellis, uh, our our producer Megan, who's the fucking best, and uh, Dagnino. We were all in the we were all in the car, <laughs> and we were all going back to the hotel. And we started like giving trivia to our to our driver, and like right in the middle okay. of it, we like we're all we're all pretty trash at this point. In the middle of it, me and Tom get into it about the better Star Wars movie because he insists it's New Hope, but I'm like, no, okay. dude, no, bro, it's Empire, it's Empire Strikes Back. It's easily Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> uh, next one, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. As someone yeah, who I'm just, out on this one, this is you. Yeah, as someone who just watched all the Star Trek films, I can, I can. This is probably the one I agree with the most because this, this is the biggest improvement from a first film to a second film I've maybe ever seen. Because the first Star Trek and film... And we talked about that last yeah. episode, I think. It's well, one of the last couple ones. The first Star Trek film is one of the most dull, lifeless pieces of filmmaking I've ever seen. Which is amazing, considering the fact that you got Robert Wise to direct it. But Star Trek 2 is just the complete opposite. I, I really, really dug Star Trek 2. Uh, one you one you probably would comment on. Superman 2. Okay. I know how big a Superman guy um, you are. Uh, Superman two or one? I don't know, man. I really, I really like the first. I, one. I go back and forth. I, don't know. I, I think the theatrical cut of Superman two is weaker, but the Donner cut, I think, is yeah, the superior it's just, version. It's like I go back and forth with it. Um, I don't know. I I might just stick with the original just because it was the first. You know what I mean? Uh, just because of the nostalgic factor of that, uh, I, and it's just. Yeah, Christopher Reeves. I mean, like, I don't know, man. I'd say the first. I go with the first one yeah. on it. Okay, this is one I I always put myself at the, at the opposite end of Gremlins two. 
Now here's the thing. I like okay. I like Gremlins too. I think it's okay. It's different. It's basically the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two of Gremlins films. I don't think it's better than Gremlins one. It's it's way different, but I'd still prefer the first yeah. Gremlins. I I'll go with you on that. I remember really really liking Gremlins two when I saw it. Like, God, I had to been a kid. I think I remember seeing it in the theater. It really dazed me a little bit. But uh, yeah, I would go with the original on it though. But Gremlins two is definitely a fun t- fun time. Oh, Gremlins two is hilarious, but. It's just yeah. It, so I would I'd say the first one. Yeah, I still go with the first one. Paddington two, I wholeheartedly agree with this one. I I love the first Paddington, but Paddington two just delivers everything the first one did in spades. You have a be, you have a much better villain with Hugh Grant. Who, I mean, I think I, I think I've been the record saying yeah. he should have been nominated for an Oscar for for his role in the film. I think he's he's I think he's, he's quite good. some good performances with that and the gentleman. Yeah, some really good solid performances. He's, re- he's really good in Florence Foster Jenkins. Yeah, he's uh, he's. I've always liked him. I, I don't know he gets bad rap. Yeah, but uh, had, I always liked him. Had, but yeah, I'll go with Paddington too. He's having a little career comeback now, which, which I do like because I, yeah. I like Hugh Grant as an actor. Uh, Blade sure. Blade Two. I I agree with this one. Uh, I really Blade Two ever Blade. Yeah, yeah. Blade Two. Ever, I I I, yeah. I like the first Blade. I think the first Blade's fun. It was, it was the one that really kind of turned public eye into a positive light for Marvel because like I mean, you look at Marvel in the mid 90s early 2000s the time where comic movies were not taken seriously at all it's like it was there was, there was like the yeah. Holy Trinity of Marvel movies kind of the Holy Trinity of Marvel films kind of turned people around on that it was Blade X-Men and Spider-Man but yeah people, yeah. Kind, of, people kind of sleep on the first Blade but Blade 2 is better like the, st- the style the tone that's, that's uh, Del Toro did that one Del Toro did do that one yeah, so I would, yeah, I'd say Blade Two for sure. The first one was getting, you know, obviously getting introduced to the character and stuff like that. But the second one really had a lot more to do. You know, the character had a lot more to do in the film. So yeah, I like the second one. So yeah, I'll go with two on that one. One. Uh, Legend of the Drunken Master. Have you ever seen have you ever seen the Drunken Master films? The Jackie Chan. The what? The Drunken. Drunken Master, the Jackie Chan no. movies. No, okay. I have not. So I will, I will attest to this. Yeah, he no. is correct. No. Uh, Legend of the Drunken Master is better than Drunken Master. Uh, next one, the second of Robert Rodriguez's Mariachi trilogy, Desperado. This one I agree with. As much as I like El Mariachi, and, I've, and I think it's kind of to the movie detriment because like that was well, so the first movie, the biggest problem was like you had Antonio Banderas in the in the later ones, but he's not in the first one. They yeah. recast, they recast him. And yeah, which is kind of like really crazy, but yeah. Well, because he didn't have a budget for Antonio Banderas in the, in the first one. Well, he was huge. He was huge in the mid '90s. He was, and and I think it was early. He, 90s. he was massive. Yeah, I think it was early '90s actually. But yeah, I think getting him was what really took those movies over the edge. And yeah, I do like absolutely because he was good. No, I was going to say because he was like the heartthrob in the mid '90s. Like, I mean, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing Antonio Banderas being like a sex symbol icon, you know. But I, 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 I will agree, it, Desperado is better than El Mariachi as much as I like El Mariachi. I didn't see El Mariachi, but I did like Desperado. So, just based on that and the fact that longevity of Antonio Banderas in the series, um, I'll go with uh, Desperado. Uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. See, these are movies like, you know, and I know I'm not on the minority, but I'm like not in like, uh, like Bl- the first Blade Runner is boring. I, like, I know like a lot of people love that, you know, love these films. I know you included. Yeah. I just, I can't. Oh God. I just, I don't know. 
Blade Runner 2049 really ups everything, and it, it, it's great to look at. But overall, I mean, ugh, man, I don't know. I yeah. feel like that's that's that's. If you had to pick oof, one. I don't know. If you had to pick one. If I had to pick, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go 2049 just because of the fact it's newer. See, that's where. Uh, that's where. Just I, really, really. Yeah, that's where that's where I find that that's why I think you're wrong because look, I love Blade Runner 2049. It's my top ten yeah. of the year it came out, but the first I Blade Runner is just such it, it's just such like a masterwork of filmmaking. It's my favorite, it's my favorite really Scott film. I think it touches such <sighs> such like, complex idea. I think it's it's my favorite Philip K. Dick yeah. movie like of, of all time. I think it, it's yeah. I, I would I would definitely take Blade Runner over Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's a tough one, just because they're both like kind of in the same spot for me. Like, you know, you either it's like an it's like a acquired beer taste. You either get it or you don't. And that for me, I just I remember watching. I'm just like, really? Like, uh, yeah. Uh, Magnum Force, the second Dirty Harry movie. Okay, I'm trying to think. I remember Dirty Harry, Magnum Force. I think I think Magnum, I Magnum Force. It's is been a while. Where, well, that's well, that's where he has the line. If I'm not mistaken, is where the line was like. You feel lucky, punk is like, go ahead, make my day. Okay. Think, uh, hmm. Yeah, it's been yeah, a while. It's probably Magnum Force then. I mean, it has more, the more memorable moments than the Dirty Harry movies, but I haven't, I haven't seen the movie recently. It's been a while. To comment. Yeah, I haven't seen enough to comment on them. Yeah, uh, it's been a long time. So I, yeah, I've kind of just erred aside of caution with you on that. It's been, it's been quite some time. Terminator Two, Judgment Day. Yes, hundred percent. Oh, it's not even close. Not no. even close. First Terminator is great, but Terminator Two is damn near perfect. Oh, T Two is tremendous. Yeah, so uh, yeah, easy one. Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Absolutely over the first one. I yes. didn't like the. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the first Avenger. Um, I thought that was a little bit boring. But uh, yeah, when I'll go the, Winter Soldier. When's the last time you every, watched any it? Day. When's the last time you watched it? The first Avenger. Uh, yeah. Man, I don't. It's probably been a couple years. I, I could use a revisit. Yeah, watch, I just watch remember it again, the first I find that, two or three. I find that on re on revisit, it goes up for people. So give so give, give it another shot. Really? All right. Because to me, I think that's one of the ones that just kind of was like every time watching it, like the three times I've I've seen, it, I'm just like, yeah. I just, I mean, it's it's in a good film. It's a good Marvel film. Don't get me wrong. It's just it it just doesn't do much for me. You know what I mean? Uh, but I will I will revisit it. But I'll say Winter Soldier for sure, though. Final Destination two. Oof, Final Destination 2 is damn good too. Which which but one, I, you know what? Which one is that? Uh, that's a great question. Those that's the one of... where the, the lo- remember the logs at the beginning of the film? Oh, okay, yes. That, that's the one with the logs, fall right? The thing? Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say that one that one <sighs> did have it, cooler kills. That one did have cooler kills. The, they it did, but uh, those are damn good films. Oh man. I'm gonna go with the first one. Because you just didn't know what you were getting in that in that whole entire franchise, like cheating death, and then death has a plan for you and stuff like that. Which we need to visit those sometime. I think that would be fun. I would love um, to watch a Final Destination movie for the show because I think those movies are I think those movies are, pre- are pretty fun, honestly. <laughs> Fantastic! They're, they are fun films. I all of them. Well, all five. Because like that's Fan, really. I, I think it's fun. I I think it's a cool idea to like explore all the like crazy ways to kill people. It's kind of like the. It's for me. It's like the more fun version of Saw. It is, it is, yeah. But the thing is, it's like I like anytime like I'm on the highway and I get behind like a truck like with logs on her, I can't help but think of uh, Final Destination too, dude. Seriously, I pass up on. It. I'm like, yep, I'm not gonna let like let this movie play out. It just it's funny that I always think about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with the first one just because like kind of how I said, 
we didn't know what we were really getting into. And, and even in the year 2000, like we, it was, it really changed the game of like, it was a fun horror concept. You know what I mean? It was fun. So yeah, I'm going to go with the first one on this one. And that's it. He also tagged with saying like, oh, and PS, it's an unarguable fact aliens and alien are equal which i don't agree with at all i think the first alien is definitely the better of the two no really scott's is way better than cameron's yeah i i agree I think so the yeah first, the first I, alien I, I will go with you on that absolutely the, the first alien's a fucking masterwork whereas aliens is just bigger and it's, more of them and less scary it's bigger and it's it's rehashing a lot of the same stuff that you know that was already done before so yeah i'm gonna yeah i'll i'll get the original one on that one but, for sure but it's still way better than alien alien cubed or alien resurrection <laughs> or Prometheus, or prometheus <laughs> alien three or covenant yeah, I did like Alien Covenant though. I, 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 I really it. wish we get I mean, it was, one more, it's one my, more in this one. It's probably my third favorite, but I still don't like it like that much. I think. God, I, I love the ending, man. I love the ending. I think it's such a perfect way to end it. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of perfect ways to end things, I have no segue. I have no segue for this, but that doesn't do what we're talking about. But let's talk about cats. Meow. Meow. <laughs> okay, so all right, we'll, we'll let this out of the bag now. Before we start about this movie, I need to give I need to give you a little history lesson because here's the here's the thing I'll say before we start this. I don't like cats. I don't like the genus. I don't like the species. I don't like the musical. But and I will go on record. I do not like cats either. But I do respect what the musical did because I don't, Russ, you probably didn't know all this because I'm I'm a Broadway guy because I I've learned all this. And like looking at old Broadway shows, Cats was like a milestone in Broadway. See, this oh was, yeah, this was the first what they called mega musicals. It was the first big blockbuster musical. Yeah, uh, it was it was a musical that you know focused on like, hey, we're gonna put all this money in these sets and it's gonna turn out a big profit, and it did. It ran for I believe like twenty years in the London West End, eighteen years on Broadway, revived twice in the West yes. End, once here, over four billion dollars in profit. This is this was the first musical to sell merchandise in the lobby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you when you talk about Cats, it's right. You know, it's there. Like Phantom of the Opera, I think should be damn near close. Uh, yeah, imagine. Yeah, I mean, if you look at like the noble mega musicals, like that, Starlight Express. Uh, Les Mis, Phantom of the Opera is one. Uh, yeah. Uh, Doesn't uh, surprise w- me. Wicked, Lion King, Hamilton. Wicked, Wicked. Apparently there's yeah. Lord of the Rings musical, which I, I hope that's filmed somewhere because I kind of want to watch it. Uh, yeah, that'd be kind of be interesting to check out. But yeah, so Cats, Cats was huge at the time. Uh, based on the T.S. Eliot book, uh, <laughs> Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, based on that oh, book, uh, Angela Weber, who I'll I'll go on record. I'm not I'm not huge on. I think he's fine. I'm not I'm not a biggest fan of his songwriting. Although I will say, when he hits, he fucking hits. Uh, yeah, this was a sma- smash it on Broadway, smash it on West End. So naturally, movie a movie was no question, right? Right? Of course. Oh boy. <laughs> so originally, this was supposed to be an animated movie, and Spielberg was going to do it. I'm not sure he was going like, to produce it or direct it, but he was definitely behind it. Go look it up. There's actually some concept art on it. And maybe they should have kept it that way. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, yeah. It probably should have, but yeah. Because, yeah, when you get to this movie, this is going to be a weird review, because like this is, I don't think I've ever looked at a movie where there's just so much to talk about, but there's also nothing to talk about. <laughs> 
And that's like even like obviously you know the the you know our our fans that'll be listening to the uh, watch along. Um, we'll, we'll hear, you know, the first 40 minutes of this film, 50 minutes of this film, there's like really nothing happening. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's, 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 let's explain why. Let, let, okay. I'm sorry. We can't explain why because the movie doesn't. Let's try to explain the whys, the what's, the hows, the whens, and the where's. <laughs> and this, this, let's just, let's get it. This is Cats. So the movie starts off with three depressing logos in a row. Because it see that the combined powers of Universal Spielberg and working title couldn't couldn't make this a good movie. But, Absolutely not. But by the way, Spielberg's producing record, holy shit, is it terrible? Like his, as much as I love him as a director, his producing record is so bad, like so bad. Between this, between like and this, this does not films, add to the. This does not add to the. This, this, this is not the, positive. No. <laughs> Uh, you, you get a pan over of the city, which makes you question whether or not you are watching the animated version of this film. But you find out that you're not. You see at least like a part of the only humans in this movie, which was a mistake to show these to show people at all. You may as well be seriously because <laughs> it only set the stage for what the nightmare fuel that's coming in the next few minutes. Uh, we see that they, <laughs> you know, perfect way to start this cast movie is with a bit of animal cruelty because yeah, they have a cat in a bag, they throw her over a wall. And this is our main cat, Victoria, played by newcomer Francesca Hayward, who she's like, I think she was on Broadway. She might have been in some, like, big ballet institute. I'm not sure which. But, yeah, she's playing the main cat, Victoria, who really adds nothing to the plot at all. <laughs> no, I mean, she really does not. No. Uh, but, yeah. And automatic, you can basically see all the problems with this movie within the first couple minutes. Mainly with the cat designs, because these cats look horrifying. Like, we, like you thought they looked bad in the trailer. They look. I'm not gonna say they look worse in the movie, but they don't. They look just as bad. Maybe a little yeah. better. And like, and like even we said like on the uh, commentary, um, you really like. It was funny. Zach made it out, pointed it out, and I really didn't even notice it up until the end. But you can actually see the human feet to them too. Oh no! Like, again, makes it makes it really weird. Yeah, and it, it, they look like. I think we talked about this one. Really like, you know, they look like Snapchat filters came to life and tried to eat your soul. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Those scary Snapchat filters for sure. My question is, why Why did they go digital fur? Like, why didn't they just do makeup? That's what I don't get. I, I just, I question some of that because it really loses the whole entire, the real aesthetic of, 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 of you know, cats in general. I just, it, it's really weird. It's unsettling to watch. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's. It's 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 an odd decision to say the least, and yeah, it is very unsettling. And keep in mind, this movie was like notoriously rushed. Like Tom Hooper did not finish this film until like the morning of the premiere. Crazy, and it still wasn't done because like at the week when the weekend hits, and the reviews were so bad, mostly regarding the effects, they put out a patch to put some, with some improved special effects. I'm yeah. not sure if that's the cut we saw because this looks just as bad as when I saw it the first time. But I think I saw I saw it when it was in a second run theater, so I'm pretty sure that it had already been fixed. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure you saw, saw you it. saw Mach Two, which I never yeah. got to go, which I never, I never got to go back to see. Yeah, I mean, what, what's the the Blu-ray version of it? It's got to be the touched up one, isn't it's, it? It's got to be, but if it is, man, that's this, this that's a waste of money. So whoever did their kids, we use touch up in quotations. Yeah, it's we, not, we not use touch up. Good we, touch up. We, we, we use touch up yeah. very loosely because whoever decided to touch up your effects, like they, they literally was like, oh yeah, I I I, I can do that. Just give me your money, and they just took your money and ran. 
<laughs> you might as well have had a guy that did Mustache Gate for uh, Justice League. Shit even, shit, even that guy could do a better job than this. Absolutely. But anyways, he, Victoria comes to a contact. See, we're already, we're, we haven't even gotten to the actual movie yet. Victoria comes into contact with a group of cats called the Jellicles. Now, you might be wondering, what is a Jellicle? And keep <laughs> wondering, because this movie doesn't answer anything. No. This movie never addresses what a Jellicle is, if it's a good thing, if it's a bad thing. They, they never say what they is, aside from just saying Jellicle all the time. Yeah, I really couldn't tell you. Yeah, but well, this song is catchy. The beginning song is catchy. The beginning song is catchy. It has a few catchy ones, which we'll get to in the movie. But yeah, the catchy this song is. It goes on forever. Yeah, it's like seven minutes. Uh, yeah, definitely then, some tough stuff here. Yeah, we also see that uh, the Borgos twins. The I can't, I can't remember their name, but the Laurent, Laurent, and Larry Borgi. I think it's like Borgo, who were also the dancing twins in Men in Black International, which. Man, y'all need y'all need to fire your agent, because <laughs> he he is, he is he's really like you guys are super down to, but he's really fucking y'all up. Now, <laughs> I will say in a positive of this film, the designs of the world, at least when at least for now, are actually pretty nice. Like the color palette. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice color palette. Absolutely. The sets, and the sets are actually done fairly fairly well at the point where you can't tell what's CG, what's like actually hand built. It's actually quite impressive. And I'll I'll yeah. give you this: the the choreography is actually quite well done. Yeah, for, for the most part. Like we were, I mean, I mean, we did give that kudos again, commentary. But uh, yeah, it was one of those things where it's like it's crazy they they went through all that work to choreograph it. And it looks good, but like it's just the the whole entire everything else about it just oh man disaster. But yeah, uh, the, after ten minutes, the Jellicle the Jellicle number finally ends, and then we meet our and we meet our main villain McCavity, the mystery cat, played by Idris Elba. Played by <laughs> goddamn Idris, why haven't you fired your Idris Elba in the movie that I'm pretty sure made him fire his agent because yeah he got he got screwed three <laughs> times in a row. <laughs> man, Corona's looking pretty good right now, isn't it, Idris? <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, we see that he is the evil cat, but no time for that now because we gotta get to another song, and a gri- we also got cat puns to get to. <laughs> so, what, one cat literally like looks at the camera and just says, "What? What's the matter? Cat got your tongue?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some very bad, uh, bad dialogue. Yeah, but yeah, they do a dance in a graveyard. <laughs> Victoria is barely impressed by anything, and uh, she's having this, you know. A little dance number with this cat named Monkstrap. I'm sorry, Monkastrap, because that's very important. Uh, yes. What this number has to do with anything? Nothing at all. But it's interrupted by another cat, Mister Mistopheles. Will become very important as the movie goes on. See, we find we find out that there is a jellical moon out tonight. Yes, the moon is also jellical now. And it is the night when old Deuteronomy, who is like an old elderly cat, which we're going to meet later, uh, we find out that she is going to make the the quote-unquote jellical choice, which is going to be what cat can ascend to the heavy side layer and be reincarnated into a new life. And that's literally how the movie explains it to you. <laughs> like, I think, I think in those exact words. It's like reincarnation. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, I didn't really completely understand it until we got to the movie, but we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to it. No time for yeah. that, because we got to meet another cat, 
Jenny Eddie Dots, played by Rebel Wilson, playing the exact same character she plays in everything. Yep. I mean, quite literally, she's basically doing her exact same Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect 2 routine. She's covered in CGI fur this time. It, it amazes me. It amazes me that she was in both this and a Best Picture nominee in the same year. Quite crazy. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah. We see that uh, she is a house tabby cat who has, like, a giant, like, crop of mice slaves, which if you thought the cats looked horrifying, like, they, they have nothing on these <laughs> child mice slaves who are, like, the size yes, of... Yes, that are located underneath the sink or whatever. Who are, like, the size of ants, and that's another thing we need to talk about. The sizing in this movie is so inconsistent. Yeah, because one minute they're one size, one minute... Like, if you look at, like, a like an object to, con- like, comparable, you know, to compare height... It's like they have no idea. They're either they're big, they're small, they're big, they're small. There's no consistency with it. Yeah. So uh, she has her she has her her house, her mice slaves, and she has a bunch of dancing cockroaches. Which, you know, it was at this point in the movie when I saw it in theaters that I'm just like, okay, there's no turning back. This is this is what we're doing now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. The, the scary thing about this fact that like all these cockroaches have human faces, and she eats one, and you can literally like you can hear it like screaming for its life. It's kind of it's kind of scary. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And if that wasn't enough, at a certain point in this number, Rebel Wilson unzips her fur and is wearing like a Vegas style dress underneath. Which, how? Yeah. Why? Just... Oof. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like, did this really happen? This really happened. All, all question, by the way, you should just check at, check, at the, check at the door because this movie's, like I said, <laughs> not going to bother trying to explain it. But anyways, this, no. this musical number ends, and then we meet our next cat, the Rum Tum Tugger. He is an over-sexualized cat that is always, always, always trying to get chicks. All the chicks want him and just loves the sound of his own name. He's played <laughs> by Jason Derulo. Fitting. Oh yeah. But yeah, the. <laughs> in oh, fact, I, I'm surprised he didn't try to he didn't try to alter the lyrics to make to make the song say his own name. Because you know how much he loves to do that. Seriously. Yeah, Jason Derulo. But yeah, like <laughs> that's, that's another thing. Like this, this is a sung through musical, which means there's hardly any talking. But like in that, there's like no transitions. Like, you literally go from one musical number that has nothing to do with anything to another musical number that has nothing to do with anything. And just a quick check right now. We're at 20 minutes without a plot. Like we're still at choosing yeah. characters. Don't worry. Get used to it. And I will say that this this song, like I said, like, like the first one, is ungodly catchy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> I do think it's funny because... I do, I do, I do like what he's doing because like the whole time Jason Drew is like, I'm the, he's like, oh, what's up, what's up, love? You want to go, want to go outside, get a spot of tea, get some tuna, the, the rum tum tugger, yeah. and then when he's singing, he's like, yeah, I'm the black cat. It was funny because Zach makes a comment. He goes, isn't is he British? Is he British? Is he be British? <laughs> yes, is, is, is he British? <laughs> yeah. Just like, why is he doing an accent? It's like, oh man, this movie, man. Yeah, so <laughs> I also I think I love about the movie is the fact that there's a milk there's a milk bar, and like at one point in the song he walks out he's like I don't want no milk, 
I, I three, he walks outside. <laughs> three seconds later, turns around. Milk! And then he goes back in. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just it's confusing. Yeah, it's tough, man. This is, yeah, it's a rough movie. What makes it even worse, the fact, it always looks like it's two seconds away from an orgy. It does. There's a lot of uh, sexual tension in these cats. Yeah, seriously. Like they're like like they're all like rubbing up against each other. Their tails are gonna twitch a lot. They come close to kissing a lot, which is uncomfortable. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, but anyway, after after this song number ends, we meet an- we meet yet another main character, Grizabella, played by Jennifer Hudson. The only act, the only actor in this movie taking it this seriously. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, I don't think she took Dreamgirls this seriously. No, she is going above and beyond. She wants that Oscar nomination, at least for this oh, uh, I, role. Oh, you know she thought this was going to be her next her next nomination. Absolutely. And it's a, it's a pit of my later, which we'll get to. But, uh, yeah, she's a cat who had basically been shunned by the Jellicle because at some point she went, she went and joined off McCavity. He turned her out, and now the Jellicle don't want her back anymore. It's like, nah, no, no, no. You you decide to turn. We don't want we don't want you no more. Go, <laughs> go on, girl. Be gone with yourself. But no time for that, because we got to choose another character. Oh Jesus. Uh, we have arrived at Mister Bustopher Jones, played by James Corden. Yay! <laughs> yeah, the only actor who went above and beyond to sell this movie. Which props to him, but. Yeah, he, uh, typical, typical, t- t- typical Gordon's fashion, though, with all this stuff. But you're basically seeing the pattern here. Basically, all this movie is is a cat comes in, sings about his one defining characteristic, and then he, and then they leave. Like, like for example, here, Buster Jones. He sings about how, wow, what? He sings about what? How his name? How he's fat? His name is Buster Jones, and how he wants to. Yeah. He wants to be the jellical choice because he wants to be skinny so he can gain the weight again. Seems like kind of a waste, but fuck it. What do I know? <laughs> but yeah, you also see like the trademark James Corden comedy, like it's just scene where like you get a fat joke, you get a crotch shot. I think literally back to back. Because they try, they try to like yeah. launch him into a. But trap. same thing Rebel Wilson does though. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Same exact stuff. But man, looking at this again, you you thought you thought the cat in the hat looked horrifying. You <laughs> got. Got nothing on. Yeah, yeah. Like, watch this Amy moment to apologize to Cat in the Hat. Actually, no, it didn't. But <laughs> it's it's it's, it's yeah. a pretty bad. What is, what is, this is the second movie we reviewed about cats. That is true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Bust so Buster Jones finishes his song and then he gets ambushed by McCavity. Which, like, <laughs> I will admit, I do like Idris Elba in this movie. Because he is no, one, I think he plays a great villain. though. Oh, he does, and he's one of the he's one of. Two actors. We'll get to the other one in a second. Who knows exactly what movie he's in? Because I love the line where he's like, "Cat and spats." <laughs> I love it. It's like it. He's basically playing. He's basically playing this like Tim Curry playing a cat, and it's kind of great. Have a nice day. Have a lovely. Have a nice day. Have a lovely, Have a lovely day. day. What? <laughs> yeah. but we also find out that McCavity of all the cats has magical powers. Yes. Magical powers. What? He snaps his fingers. He can Thanos your ass out of the, wherever he wants. He does. Beam me up, Scotty. Beam me up. Beam me up, McCavity. <laughs> well, and, and, and yes, we are 35 minutes in this movie. We're still introducing cats 
because we now we have to cut to Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser, two cat burglars. <laughs> two, yeah, these cats are basically they come into your house, they fuck your shit up, and then and then they leave. They're as as Zach would call them, fuckery cats. Fuckery cats, yes. <laughs> That's literally all they do. They come in and like there's a scene where like, they go into a house, a dog is there, which. Come on, you can't you can't tease a dog and then not show. I want to know what the dog looks like in this world. Seriously, yeah. Oh, in comes Mister Mistopheles to save the day. Luckily, he has a bone. He has a bone. He throws the dog, and then they get it, and they get the fuck out of Dodge. Uh, uh, we also see where we also see the place that the cat's macavity snaps away. And uh, see, they don't see they don't get snatched away into non-existence. They get snatched away to a boat where they are looked up by God damn it, Ray Winstone. Why have you not fired your agent yet? Playing, <laughs> I think it seems like Growler or something like that. Something like that. He is so out uh, of his element. In this growl, film, you can tell. Growl Tiger. Which, <laughs> I mean, look, you have a you have a musical. You need actors who can sing. I have the perfect choice. Yeah. Ray Winstone from King Arthur. What? Uh, you you did get well. They did have Russell Crowe and Les Mis, so. <laughs> and I'm Jether. Oh wow! Oh, another another bad bad casting. Oh, we decision, did, huh? We need we need to review that with Caleb or so, or someone else. <laughs> yeah. Does Coho does Coho and I like it? Oh, he, you know, remember when we were talking about pirates? And like, we 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 called the opening of Pirates Three Les Mis. Oh, he was like, you take that back. He got so mad about that. We should do that. We should. We'll, 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 put, we'll put that on the back burner. Uh, but <laughs> if, you, if you guys can believe it or not, we got to introduce another cat. <laughs> See, <laughs> we got to introduce the cat making the jellical choice. Old Deuteronomy, played by Judy Dench, who I think is who I think has succumbed to the Anthony Hopkins disease, where they'll just do anything at this point. And I believe she's known as Butterscotch. <laughs> Butter. Butterscotch. Well, listen to the commentary. She's butterscotchy. Listen to the commentary. You'll, you'll, you'll understand. But, you'll appreciate it. Yeah, but like she she is like the most dignified cat. All she got like a, she got like a big ass fur coat. She got the lion's mane. <laughs> she is not, not the, yeah not the beast when she first comes on screen. Zach's like that's a lion. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> uh, she, yeah. So we find out that she is here to make the jellical choice at this theater where. Most the mostly the rest of the movie is gonna be taking place. Yeah, you had some really cool street environments, but no, let's let's have the rest of the movie indoors. Makes sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. We also meet Ian McKellen as Gus the theater cat. Yeah, uh, in the world we have Mr. Mistopheles, Old Deuteronomy, McCavity, Grizabella. Ian McKellen is playing the cattiest of cat names, Gus. Yeah, and he is walking around like he has dementia. Yeah, and, and by the way, like as he's the other actor talking about aside from Giselle, but who knows what movie they're in because he is the oh, catty no. he is the cattiest cat to ever cat. <laughs> and, <laughs> but dude, I mean, he knows what I mean, come on. I think even McKellen knows. I mean, he's like, Yeah, my time's limited here on Earth. I might as well just have fun with this. Which is funny because he didn't he did not even go to cat school, which all the other actors had to go to. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I was making that up. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, so uh, this is this is, the, this is the theater where all this this whole jellical thing is going to take place. So you see the Grizabella's inside; she's being chased out. 
We get a little clip of memories. <laughs> we also get a brand new song, which, yeah, pretty much tradition in bro- when, when adapting Broadway musicals to write a new song. doesn't matter if it's scotch taped on or not, just to get a Best Original Song nomination. <laughs> this was written by both Taylor Swift and Andrew Leverett, mostly because Victoria, who's the main character of the movie, didn't get... she didn't, In the years of Broadway show, she did not have her own song. And... Yeah, I mean wow. it's it's nice. It's it's the major it was the major Oscar push song that they had. It was so much so that but it's so crazy again how we good. Yeah. No, it's just so crazy that Taylor Swift couldn't even be part of that song. Yeah, well, yeah, but and also so much also like that was like their big Oscar. Like, oh, we're gonna get it! And as soon as they didn't get make the short list, they pulled the entire campaign. <laughs> yeah, that was the best. Uh, but anyways, going back to the Jellicle, the Jellicle Ball. Yes, because the ball is Jellicle too now. <laughs> uh, we see that it is Gus's turn to pl- you know, to present his case for why he should be the Jellicle choice. He does it, sings a song that I could not remember with, with a gun to my head. Uh, although, hey, I, I do remember that he put some weight behind it. Like he also had, yeah. he had like the he had the open your hand, close your hand, point technique down. He had the lightning. <laughs> it's like, oh, very, very nice, Sir Ian Miguel. Oh, and this is the part where Judy Dench does yeah. <laughs> all the training she did just to lift her leg at a perfect 90 degree angle. <laughs> uh, dude, yeah, that's a whole, again, thing from the commentary, which will, which will be up soon. Oh, you should listen to. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. But right after he finishes, guess who shows up? McCavity! Literally, literally, he exits that way too. He's like, "Come look at this book." He closes the book, and then they all just, they put they poop away. Up next is Skimbleshanks, aka Sexy Railway, Sexy Railway Cat, who is my least favorite character <laughs> in this entire film, mostly because he tap dances, and I hate tap dancing, like with a passion. I'm gonna love the the whole entire process of behind naming these guys. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure most of these came from the from the poem book. Yeah, well, where, where the hell he was smoking to come looking to come up with these different names? Yeah, T.S. Eliot. I have no idea. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, uh, the cats changed size yet again, going from the size of rats to the size of dogs to the size of actual cats. Uh, they're on a train, and they're not on a train. Skimbleshanks does like a big jump and twist, and then he's also pooped away. Who could be doing this? <laughs> Who could be doing all these evil things? Well, guess what? Never, never worry, never fear. Taylor Swift is here. <laughs> because, yeah, we are about an hour and ten minutes into this film. May as well introduce the main villain now. <laughs> She's basically telling us who McCavity is. And, yeah, this is... There are, like, three songs... Like three or four songs in the movie that are, like, been stuck in my head since I saw it. And this is one of them. Because, yeah, I do, I do like the melody of it. I like the... The orchestration, but again, that's not something that you can attribute to the film because these songs were already written. Yeah, so they—I mean—they already had a template in place of what to do. So it's not even. Yeah. But yeah, speaking of being this close to an orgy, like she she catnips the whole building. <laughs> oh my lord! It's like crack cocaine. Yeah, and then all, the cats are all acting like they're on like cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, someone comes comes behind Victoria and then just like dumps it all on her, and then she just passes out. I guess yeah. we, we call that the Cosby maneuver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and uh, people, 
this is marketed heavy on, on Taylor Swift. So so much so, like, I think there was like a USA Today article or something like, like detailing every every time she even breathed in the movie. Like I swear that article had more words than she had lines in the movie. <laughs> it's crazy. Like again, um, we said I think it's uh, an hour before she's actually shown on the screen. Yeah, hour and ten. Yep. That's uh, crazy, but it's crazy. And I will, and I will, now I will give props to this movie for one thing. They pulled off something that I thought was completely impossible. They made Idris Elba unsexy. <laughs> Because the, the, the whole time in the movie, he's got his, you know, he's got his, his, his pip hat and his big fur coat. This is the scene. This is the scene Captain where he, this is the scene where he takes it all off, and it is terrifying. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, very odd. Yeah, he, this this was a guy who was at one point sexiest man alive, and he had been reduced <laughs> to this. It's like they they retroactively take it back. Yeah. Like uh, because you were in this film, we have to actually take this back. Well, eh, well. Anyways, uh, it is double. Just uh, sorry, McCavity is just like it's time to make the jellical choices. I'm the only one. Here. I'm the only one here. It's got to be me. <laughs> Which I don't know why a cat with magical powers would want to be reincarnated with a new life. I mean, I mean, I, I would it's assume, a pretty pretty good gig. I would assume he likes his life <laughs> as it is right now. I was gonna say it's a pretty. Pretty good gig. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he, he, can, he can teleport. He's got a whole network of spies and shit. Like, Hell yeah. I, I don't know why he wants to be reincarnated, but whatever. But but they all do All Deuteronomy's just like, no, I'll never pick you to be the jellical jelly jelly. And he's like, okay, well you know what? You come with me then, McCavity. And then he just poofs poofs him away onto the boat. <laughs> he's like, you're gonna make me the jellical choice, or you're going over the edge. But and oh no, it can't get her back. So what do we do? Well, thank God we have another magical cat, Mister Mistopheles. I love the whole structure of this song because the whole thing, like they have like this one, these like two or three bars of the song they sing. It's like they finish this, they finish it, go to like the spot where Judy is supposed to be. She's not there. Yeah, sing it again. <laughs> They do that like they do that like three or four times. No, not even like they're like five or six times. And you know, the, the funny thing is like yeah. in the in the Broadway show, it wasn't Mr. Mustafa singing this song. This was Rum Tum Tugger doing it. But like I guess I guess they didn't want to pay for more studio time for Jason Derulo, so they just gave it to whatever whatever Robert Pattinson looking motherfucker they could find. Like, okay, go, go sing this song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they sing the chorus enough time to the point where old Deuteronomy comes back. They celebrate because, you know, now they can make the jellical choice. But back to the but back to the boats where Rebel Rebel Wilson cat, who could have done this hours ago and just saved a bunch of time and money. Well not, not money, but saved a bunch of time and effort. Decides, oh she never said, Oh yeah, I can unzip my fur and climb out of here. <laughs> so she does that. <laughs> They get into a fight with Ray Winstone Cat and push him over the edge. So yeah, it's just so so weird this film. Yeah. So yeah, he died. I do I do love the thing that Sk- that Skimbleshanks does where he's just like, like they get him on the plank and he just like he goes and like tap dances in front of him. It's like what what's that gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So yeah, they 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 drown Growl Tiger. And going back to the Jellicle Ball, Victoria's just like, hey, yo, Grisabella, come on, come on, sing, sing your stuff. And this is where we get the big memories 
climax song. It's a, it, man, it's very weird to place it here. Why? Because the movie is 20 minutes away from being over. Like this is yeah, really weird uh, placement for this for this song. This is this, this is like having I dream a dream in lame maze, and then ten minutes later, it's over. Yeah, super strange. And you want to see how serious Jennifer Hudson is taking this? Like during during this whole song, like she's 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 singing so hard, like like half a gallon of snot goes from her nose to her mouth. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I remember like watching it in theaters. We were just we were just cracking up because yeah, she. She's singing her ass off for cats. She's tr- she she's trying, man. She for sure's trying. Yeah, uh, but and it's a good it's a good rendition because Jennifer Hudson's she can she can sing she can sing. Girl got some chords, man. That's she, for sure. She got pipes. Uh, for sure. But she she gets to be the jellical choice, which is odd. She just got accepted back to the friend group, and now her war is that she gets to die. Which, yeah. Yeah, like surprise. Which, yeah, that's the whole prize here. They put her into a chandelier. It's actually a hot air balloon, and send her up into the sky. <laughs> which, uh, yeah, I, I realize the watch this movie just like, oh my god, the Jellicles are a death cult. <laughs> yeah, maybe McCavity had it right. Spe- speaking of which, he tries to climb the rope up to the, up to the hot air balloon, but he he falls off, lands on a statue. He, for some reason, doesn't have his magical powers anymore because movie's over, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and as if this weren't weird enough, we get to the strangest part of the movie. I know that's saying a lot. Where Judy Dench just like, really? stares right at the audience for like five straight minutes. <laughs> she's just like... It's 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 super unsettling. A little weird. Yeah, a little weird. Yeah, and she's just like, now you understand cats. It's like, no, I, I, I truly don't. I've never been more confused in my life. I'm like, what is going on? And she's like, You're she's, saying we're... She yeah. said at one point, like, cats are not dogs. I mean, are are they? At this point, I don't know what I know anymore. Yeah, this, this movie makes you feel stupider when the movie's over. I should say, more stupid yeah. by the time the movie's over. Uh, they they sing their song. Judy Dench tells Victoria that she truly is a jellical cat, which is either a big moment, a horrifying moment, or a completely neutral one. I have no idea. And then the movie's over. <laughs> and you have survived, cats. <laughs> and you survived. You survived. So that was so that was cats. Is it just as bad as when I saw it in theaters? Yes, it is. Absolutely. This movie is yeah. terrible. Like so bad. But. I did see worse last year. <laughs> Not the worst thing I saw. It was still pretty bad. Though. But it was this was this was totally fun to shoot a commentary for though. Oh, well, but like I cannot think of a more misguided movie. It's the most misguided movie I've seen in a long time. Because yeah, I, I'm assuming like Tom Hooper just like made a deal with the devil to get an Oscar, and the devil came back to get his part of it. <laughs> it's crazy though, because uh, Hooper's a good director when he's on he's on like he's made majority of his films have been okay um but well, this one but post the king's speech he's been pretty mad to bad at best i mean yeah king's speech the king's speech is probably one of his best i would i would probably say it probably is his best. but I can't think of yeah tom hooper movie is better than that yeah but yeah when he's he's off he's off yeah so uh yeah so russell final thoughts on cats <laughs> Again, it, this was a, a movie we just had to do because it was so bad. Um, 
kind of just how we've said in general, like, again, commentary, check it out. You guys will absolutely love it. If you've watched along with the movie, it's, it's a good companion piece, really funny. Um, we don't really talk a whole lot about cats or we do. And we just say stupid comments. It's really funny. But I guess what, what to say is this is, this has started a new wave of like those midnight showings. This is going to be like a new craze, I think, um, where you just go and just like laugh at it. You know what I mean? Um, kind of what you said. I don't think, I don't think anybody knew what direction we were going in this time, in this film. Um, Again, like when I saw the trailer and it, the trailer was playing initially the first time, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be like one of those Oscar Beatty musical films, you know, just like Les Mis and, you know, stuff like that. And then you watch, you're like, oh, my, like, are we seriously doing this? Like, this is really happening right now. And the, the, the talent that you have incorporated with the film is just really – it's it's mind blowing. It really is. Um, it's so bad you have to see it though. Honestly, though, especially to work, you need to give it to someone like Julie Taymor. Like remember, she did Titus across the universe. Why, yeah. Why I say her because because Julie Taymor is a crazy person, and you need a crazy person <laughs> to adapt this. Yeah. It's for sure. But yeah, cats is cats is cats. That's the best way. You could. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I mean, cats is cats, man. The yeah. elbow from uh from uh Colbert's <laughs> uh, cats. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is uh, it's tough, tough one. Uh, so that's the end of our show, Russell. You want to give our plugs before we head out? Yeah, check us out on Facebook. Notorious by Chance is the group. Go ahead and get involved there. We're going to be putting polls back up now regularly. So go ahead and get uh, involved in that. Vote on what you want us to uh, review. Can also find us notorious by chance on YouTube. We're gonna get back into it. Um, we got some ideas of what we're gonna record. Obviously, since there's no new releases out because of thank you a lot coronavirus, um, we're gonna try to find some stuff to talk about. Just keep our, you know, our YouTube channel relevant and just kind of get some new material out there for everybody. But uh, yeah, subscribe, like, comment, anything you can do to help the podcast and Facebook group grow and the YouTube channel grow. Anything you can do would be great. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Chance, what's underscore 91. Check out SCN, everything Christian Hall is doing, Smodown, Patreon. Uh, our buddy Robert Parker, his match drops publicly this Friday. That's, gonna be, that's, that's a fun time. Uh, and Absolutely. Yeah, uh, commentary will be out this Friday. I hope you all watch it. I hope you all listen to it. It was a blast recording it. And, yeah, it's going to do it for <laughs> us here. We will see you next week.